Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of A Day With. Today's gonna be a really fun one. I'm sitting down here at IBHQ Cocktail Bar with Chris Marshall, the owner of Distilled. Chris, welcome to A Day With. Thanks for sitting with me today. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks very much. <laughs> it's exciting. Thanks for inviting me. Of course, of course. I mean, you gave me your business card. Yeah, yeah I, I love this catchy phrase that you have over there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that point. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. So it says, Chris, Chris Marshall, um, spiritual partner. Your spiritual partner. <laughs> yeah. That just came that. as an inspiration, <laughs> you know. Uh, I'm the co-owner of Distilled. Yeah. So me and my business partner, Stephanie, we were kind of sitting down and, and, and thinking, once we'd, we'd gone through a lot to, to get to where we were at that point, a lot of research, it's like, why are we doing this, you yeah. know? And then we were looking and thinking, okay, we kind of need, I came from a corporate world, so it was like, I think we need a mission statement, <laughs> you know? And it's like, okay, I think we've got over that now. We don't really need a mission statement. But then we're thinking, well, what do we do? Do spirits. And then it just came in a flash, your spiritual partner. And it just starts a conversation. It is a nice breaker. So yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't wanna mislead anyone listen to the podcast <laughs> listening to the podcast. So spiritual partner, I mean, tell us maybe what, what is this deal actually, you know, the, the business. Sure. <laughs> we sell spirits. That's what we do. It's alcohol. Not so there's life nothing coach, funky. Not We're <laughs> not no, nothing of that. None of none of this stuff. So yeah, I come from, uh, I don't come from the F&B industry. So mm. this is a very new thing for me, although the company is uh, approaching four years old now. Um, but I came from a, a technical background in um, automation, so industrial engineering. As far away from what I'm doing now as you can possibly imagine, it's totally different. But I found my, my vocation, I believe. I was 29 years getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Just 29 years yeah. later, okay. Yeah. Um, so I worked, my, my background is I worked for, um, since I was 18, I worked for a, a company that does industrial automation. Yeah. So that means any factories, typically if you think of a factory, someone that makes anything, it might be cars, it, it might be electronics, it might be food. Um, it was beverage. We did some beverage stuff, but I wasn't to know I'd end up yeah, in the beverage Yeah, now you're connecting industry. those dots, but it wasn't something straightforward. Yeah, yeah, and I worked for that company, that same company, 29 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I, I'm from the UK, and, and I worked for them eight years in the UK. And then I was based, but still living in the UK, based out of Brussels. Okay. So that's eight years as a UK role, eight years as a European role, so traveling all around Europe doing my job. And then the company asked me if I'd do a short-term project in China. Okay. I'd never been to Asia. <laughs> I'd never been to Asia, but I, I did it without my wife and my son, who mm -hmm. was 12 years old at the time because of school. And so I agreed to do a six-month project in Shanghai. Okay. So I was living in Shanghai on my own. Six months turned into nearly 12 months, by the way, but, but that was all good. Um, and I remember getting off the plane, never been to Asia, and it just felt so different and it felt especially so china right because yeah. i think here in singapore we have a little bit of that western world still but Abs china absolutely. it's absolutely welcome to asia you know but in my ignorance uh, for on this part of the world if i'd have got off the plane in singapore i probably wouldn't have noticed the difference to be honest <laughs> okay okay yeah but i was very conscious that everyone was looking at me mm -hmm. um, and, and i think that was real i don't think it was perceived i think it was real <laughs> But it was quite unusual to have a, a Westerner. Yeah, that uh, time. Even, yeah, yeah, at that time. So that was that was 16 years ago now. So 
No, not 16 years ago, 10 years ago, sorry, 10 okay. years ago. And I had an amazing time. Mm -hmm. I traveled all over China, did some great things and had some great fun and learned lots in my professional career. And then my boss at the time asked me if I'd like to do a small project instead of going home to my family and my <laughs> son, um, would I come to Singapore and do a mini version of the same project? Mm -hmm. They said that would be about three months, turned into six months. And at the end of six months, they said, do you fancy staying on full time? So that was the point where in my head, I was like, absolutely, I'm going to love this. But I played it cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, convince me first. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, we were totally impressed. And I did that, that role for this company for another eight years. But during that time, I picked up my wife from work one night. It was on Amoy Street. Anyone yeah. in Singapore will know Amoy Street. And we had no plan for the evening, no plan at all. And we're walking down the street and I saw this new building and thought, well, not new building, but a, a new shop front, if okay. you like. It's a very old building. It's a beautiful street, Shophouse Street. And I, um, I put my eyes to the glass and I looked and it looked incredible. And it was a bar. And I said to my wife, fancy a drink? And I was like, sure. And I cracked open the door because there was no one in the bar, just two people behind the bar. And like, we walked in and it blew my mind. It was one of the, I, well, it was the best cocktail bar I'd ever been to. I'd never really been to a proper cocktail What's bar. What's the name? I need to get this recommendation. Well, they've moved since, but that was Jigger and Pony. Okay. Jigger okay. and Pony was on Amoy Street, and now they're in the Amara Hotel um, for, uh, into town. And that, that was eight years ago, nine years ago, that sort of time. And at that time, the cocktail industry in Singapore was not what it is today. Yeah. It's huge today. It would, so that was, Jigger and Pony opened really, not quite at the start, there were two or three other bars, but literally you could do every cocktail bar in one night in Singapore, you cannot do that now. Yeah, you really can't we'll take do that you now. at least yeah. a couple of days more. Yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. Um, but I remember vividly my wife and I sitting at the bar, looking up at the back bar, all the bottles at the back, a bit like you see here, yeah. but it was amazing. There were brands I've never seen, shapes and colors, and. And the guys were immaculate, you know, they're, they're in their bow ties and their waistcoats and their armbands on. And oh, like, that's cool. That's yeah, really cool. Up, yeah. But a little bit intimidating, maybe. If all you've done is gone to a bar and had a gin and tonic or a beer or a glass of wine, yeah. you know, to see all these things. I remember it vividly and it, it stayed with me and I learned from it. It can be quite intimidating. But these two gentlemen were amazing. Mm -hmm. And I could literally, hey, what's that? And you point up at something. And they'd get the ladder, ladder, what sort of bar is a ladder? You know, you go up the ladder, <laughs> they bring the, the drink down, the bottle down, and they give you a taste. Give me a taste, what, and like, what bar gives you a, like, yes. a free drink? Yeah. It's like, wow, that's amazing, that that's blows my mind. Full service, yeah. Yeah, but what do you do with that? And it's like, ah, oh, let me show you. And then they start making cocktails. Six, seven, eight cocktails later, it was a good night. I'm in love with the cocktail industry. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the beginning of the change in my career but I didn't know it at that time. So my role, still in, I'm still in this engineering company, my role was a Southeast Asia role. So I was traveling around. Yes. And you know, I, I remember I'd have conversation like, back at that bar, I'd go back to that bar, I love this bar, it's really good, Jigger and Pony, really cool. And I'd say, oh, I'm off to Bangkok next week. And it's like, oh, if you're going to Bangkok, Go to this bar, see this guy, you know, and tell him we sent you. And that kind of proliferated. I'd, at, at, 
two years later, I'm known in every cocktail bar in <laughs> Southeast Asia. It's like, hi, Chris, you know, as if I lived around the corner. Yes. And I love that. And I found myself, to be honest, gradually, <laughs> my previous employer won't like this, but getting less and less interested in my engineering role and more and more interested in the cocktail world or the fine spirits world. So much so that I'd be reading about it, learning about it, and I don't want it to sound like I just like to drink. Yeah. It really was a different lifestyle for me. You know, you're, you're tasting flavors and new cocktails, classic cocktails, um, new, new world cocktails. It, it sounds like, it's not like you're going out drinking all the time with your friends Absolutely. and just getting drunk. It was more of the, you know, the story behind each yeah. cocktail or the so flavors. I am going out all the time <laughs> with my friends, but it's not to get drunk. Mm -hmm. It was really not. And that was a big change for me. I was never one that would go out and just get drunk. You know, you hear people say, let's go and get drunk. Mm. No, no, that's not the idea. So, and maybe that changes with age, you know. But, you know, you learn about the history of a spirit. Yeah. You know, you, you, I mean, we, we've all changed. I think a lot of us have changed now. I very rarely hear someone go into a bar and say, can I have a gin and tonic? They'll ask for a, a specific gin or maybe a specific tonic, yeah. uh, or maybe even I prefer this garnish. We're a lot more educated now, and rightly so, because there's so many new brands and things going on. If you take gin, for instance, gin's got an amazing history. You know, it's not just a, an anonymous drink on the, on the back bar. It's yeah, no, that's true. I feel like people now know, that, you know, if they like Hendrix or if they like a specific cocktail and, you know, we'll get into the spirits yeah. uh, later on. But, yeah. but so you're saying at that point you started discovering the yeah cocktail world the bars around southeast asia so i started learning reading there's some great websites mm -hmm. great books and then some of the some of these guys in the bars would be very kind to me and say hey we're, we're having a master class next week you know that's our internal training that brand is coming in they're going to teach us would you like to sit in i'm like wow sure <laughs> you know so i was getting involved in the industry and and getting known and then the next step was competitions you know hey, we're, there's a competition next week. Do you want to come and watch? And it's like, wow, yeah. And just seeing these guys and how they work was amazing. You know, it's not just a gin and tonic. It's not just a, you know, a martini. People have it's, no idea how much goes. Behind. There's so much work, yeah. so much work. So you couple that with the amazing brand stories, the histories, the, the individual personalities, the flair, the types of cocktail that you can have. I was hooked. Yeah. I was absolutely hooked. I loved it. What made you, you know, what was that day that you said, actually, this is not my hobby or this is not my Friday night type of, you know, passion yeah. thing to do, but this is actually something I want to dedicate 100%. And, and how did you just decide it? You know, one day I'm quitting and I'm just dedicating to this. There, there was a long-term plan. Okay, I like that. It was a long-term plan. It's like, one day I'm going to get into this. I didn't know exactly what I was going to do, mm -hmm. I had, but I just had such an affinity with, with the business. And I felt that it was so different. So if, if we go back to my corporate life, corporate life is very different to what I'm doing now. We, we, we can expand <laughs> 100%, on that. Yeah. 100% different. But the kind of politics, the backbiting, the competition, they all kind of exist still in, in where I am, but it's completely different. Mm -hmm. You know, so... Uh, I, I work for a company, we're one of the world's leading companies, you know, previously. You were taught to hate the competition, you know, and if the competition made other brands, you know, so there was, a, there was a, another um, brand that we, I would fight against all day in automation, but they also did domestic appliances. 
I would not let my wife have any of those appliances at home. <laughs> you know, it's no way. You know, or that company sponsors that football team and my son was into football. No way, you can't have that shirt or you can't. You totally. Know. I mean, I, yeah. I, I used to yeah. work at a cosmetic uh, L'Oreal. Okay. And I remember it's, you know, if you use that, if you're marketing for that specific yeah. makeup brand, there's no way you could ever yeah. let even your family, your friends yeah. use another so brand. So you know exactly yeah, where exactly. I'm coming from. <laughs> You know, so so that was kind of inbuilt in me. That that kind of it, it was it was antagonistic. Mm. It was it was it was pressure. And then contrast that to one of the bars that I used to go to. And it's still here in Singapore, Spiffy Dapper. Okay. Right. One of the most common questions um, that a barman, a bartender will will ask: Where else have you been? Or you know, what other bars do you like? It's like sharing the passion for the industry. You know, and Spiffy Dapper used to have a leaflet on their bar, a giveaway, 50 bars better than us. And that was all in Singapore, you know? <laughs> and it just, I know it was very tongue in cheek, but, it, but it's a perfect example to me of how everyone works together in this industry. And I'd never seen anything like it before. You know, so, so now uh, with, with technology, it is, there's a WhatsApp group for a bar WhatsApp group. So it's an invite only group. But pretty much anyone who's anyone in the Singapore bar industry is on that group and you get flooded with messages but it's just it's heartwarming for me to say oh, I've run out of this can anyone lend me this or anyone have any suggestions and everyone helps each other and it's amazing that's so refreshing to it hear is, it, because but, it's, but not, it's true yeah I love it I absolutely love it and that's so different to how it was in my corporate life so you started liking that sense but yeah. you, what was that one day that you say it is today so I already had this plan. I was kind of thinking at one point I'm going to do this. And then there are a number of little triggers. My wife got promoted. Mm -hmm. So that that's kind helpful. Of, <laughs> that, that's helpful. That, that eased things a little bit financially. My son finished university and graduated. That was check mark. Yeah. 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 So there's quite a few of these boxes. I check, check, check. You know, and then I was really honest with myself for the last two years of my job. I really wasn't enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And then I had a bad day. And I came home one day and like, we're done. You know, I want to do something else. And financially... Like you really don't need to be there if it's making you, you know, not happy well, at all. You see, I did need to be there previously, mm -hmm. you know, and you think financially and I... It, it, it was, a, it was a nice paid job. It was a comfortable job. It was corporate. I, came, I was very fortunate. Came over and the car was provided. Um, rental was provided. You know, my son's school was paid for. You know, the that expat was, package. Yeah, it that, was yeah. expat in lowercase, not uppercase. So, but it, but <laughs> they it, don't it, exist anymore, <laughs> that, right, that many right. of them. So. <laughs> but I was very fortunate. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I was very grateful yeah. for that eternally. It was really good. Um, but then, you know, so you're kind of thinking, well, I can't quit, you know, how can mm -hmm. I give up all this? But then some of the financial pressures eased and, and I was getting very, very excited. And I think now's the time. I Let's love that. And this is just me because I know a lot of young people will listen to this. Sometimes we do find some kind of passion, but I love the way you did it because it's somewhat responsible to the way, you know, okay, maybe you're not 100%, but I'm... Yep. I'm not just one day going to quit everything and, yep. and see how it goes, which sometimes works, but, but it's great to see how responsible, too, you had your yeah. own plan. And 
I mean, I, it, it was fairly black and white in terms of like finishing that role, mm. moving industry. And then there was a six month gap because I did a lot of market research. It's like, okay, now I, I really need to like dot the I's and, and cross the T's and really decide what we're going to do. But, you know, there'd been a little bit before, totally unpaid and, and totally unrelated. And, and I managed to kind of weave the two into work because you have a social life, right? You don't yeah. work 24 hours a day. So there's stuff you can do outside of work. But I think there was a really cool thing that, even more helped me consider that this is the industry I want to be part of in some form. I remember being at home one night and I had a phone call from a rum brand. It's a, a rum brand in the Philippines called Don Papa. Mm -hmm. they're, they're a great brand and, like, and I, I used to... It's one of the, fa this, like the famous drink there, right? It, 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 it is. It, yeah. I mean, Tandarai is the big one, mm. you know, if we're, if we're talking about brands. And Don Papa is a new kind of level and a more uh, premium level of, of rum. But mm -hmm. it's very, very uh, Philippines from one of the islands in, in the Philippines. And I loved it. It was really good. And so it wasn't available here in Singapore at the time. But I was in the Philippines in Manila every month. So I, whenever I went, I'd buy one or two or three, if I could sneak them in my bag, and bring them back bottles of Don Papa. And I would give them out to some of the bartenders here. You know, it's like it was, they were $10 a bottle, whereas spirits here are a lot more than yeah. that. You know, so... It was a small token, and I think the brand kind of recognized that because I would I would see but, them. But hold on, I got lost a little bit here because okay, you quit. Yeah. You say this is now what I want to do. Yeah. How do you get from, you know, no one gets a call from a rum company, you know, out of the blue. So, so like, how did you actually start it? You know. So, but but this I I want to explain this because this was at the time when I was still in my engineering oh, company. Okay, okay. So I'm still very much in my engineering role, mm -hmm. but I've got a few toes or a foot maybe in the industry. And this is one of the reasons that I, it solidified it even more for me that, yeah, I need to make that jump. So I, I get this call from, from a, a, a rum company and they say, hey, if you're in Singapore right now, we've just had a competition and the global winner of the competition is in Singapore. Why don't you come and meet him? So I was like, okay, that sounds cool. So I went to meet this guy, uh, a general called uh, Davide Boncimino. Mm -hmm. He's an uh, um, Italian um, with a, a little bit of Filipino in him. He won't mind me saying that. And he won this competition globally. Um, he was visiting from London. He was a bartender in London. And we met. We met at a bar, uh, um, actually on Kyongsek, Potato Head. We went to, to the <laughs> roof bar. And uh, David and I just, just hit it off. We had yeah. good fun. And like, we had a few drinks. And then I showed him some other bars in Singapore. And he said, if you're ever in London, come to my bar. I said, well, it's funny you say that. Next month, me and my wife were on vacation. And like, we were going to be in London. And I went to see him, uh, and me and my wife. And he showed us his bar. It was amazing. We met for lunch the next day. And he said to me, you know, I'm really thinking I'd love to live in Singapore. And I said to him, well, if you're ever in, ever in that situation, you've got a place to stay. You know, you come and stay at our place. Throwaway comment. Yeah. Did you that know what's coming. No. You know what's coming. <laughs> maybe six months later, he calls me up. Hey, Chris, Davide. <laughs> that was Italian, actually. Um, How you doing? He's, and we chit chat, chit chat. He said, "Do you remember you said?" And I like said, "I'm at the airport." I'm oh, like, what? In Singapore. Oh. I said, well, "Which airport? <laughs> London or are you in Singapore?" He said, "I'm in London." I said, "Okay, I'll see you in 11 hours." And I picked him up, and he stayed at our place for, for how long? I think it was probably about five months. Oh, wow. He we actually took up on the offer. He took up on the <laughs> offer. We delivered. He stayed with us. I honestly think in five months, we maybe saw him five times. 
Okay, he was out so working. Or yeah, so, so I, I was in my corporate role, different to me now. Yeah. I'd get up, I'd be in the office at 7.30, maybe 8. I'd get home at 7, 8 if I wasn't traveling. Yeah. He's gone by then, you know. He doesn't get out of bed until lunchtime and then, you know, he's, he's back in. That was the days pre-COVID when bars were allowed to open more than 10.30s in current in Singapore. And, um, you know, we never cross paths. You might see him at the weekend. I might see, I'd see him in his bar more than I would do at home and he lived yeah. with us. And then he found his own place and, you know, he did really, really well. But then one day, and this is another thing that really helped me get in the industry, he called me up and he said, hey, Chris, come and have a drink. I haven't seen you in the bar. I was like, okay. I went to the bar. There was only me and him in the bar. And he said, I'm entering a competition. It's Bacardi Legacy. This was 2017, so not that long ago. Yeah. 2016, but the final was in 2017. It went across the, the new year. And he said, I'm, I'm going in the competition and I'm going to name the drink the Marshall, Chris Marshall. And I'm like, what? I was totally embarrassed <laughs> for a few minutes. <laughs> and then I really got into it and thought, well, this could be cool. And then he explained with the competition, it's not just making a drink, it's a story. And you have to do your own promotion on the drink, social media or whatever else you yeah. can think of for the drink. So I said, well, what's the drink? And he made me the first Marshall. It was, hmm, not great. <laughs> Were but you honest? Very like, honest. Okay. <laughs> I was very honest. This and sucks. Actually, <laughs> I di it didn't suck, but it wasn't really mm. something I could foresee having my name yeah. against. But then he made another one, a bit different. Hmm, third one. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm just not getting you. So I think I got it. Can we come back tomorrow? I said, Absolutely. And I went back the next day. He nailed it. It you was loved it. absolutely amazing. What is that? So can we find the mark? Is this still something we can find? At absolutely. A if you Google Marshall cocktail, you get everything. And that's there. you. That's okay. me. <laughs> and that's really humbling, but like amazing. Um, What's the cocktail? What's the so uh, it's a Bacardi competition. So it's Bacardi yeah. rum. It uh, uses a dark Bacardi rum, Bacardi eight years, years old. Mm. But then it adds elements that, that I love. So I love spicy food. I love sherry. It's got black pepper. It's got sherry. It's got like a little um, lighter element with elderflower, Saint-Germain, elderflower liqueur. A little bit complicated, but actually if you have the ingredients, dead easy to make. And it's a shaken drink. It looks a bit like a, a daiquiri or a martini. It's amazing. Chris, it, we need to try the Marshall later right after the podcast. You're on, you're on, you're on. No, it's super good. And so uh, with, with the competition, you have to tell a story yeah. when you're in front of the judges mm -hmm. and all your stuff. And, you know, he tells a story of the, the original uh, Don Facado Bacardi, Mr. Bacardi. Mm -hmm. um, and he was, this was the time when uh, America, Cuba, you know, there, there were strained relationships. Um, Americans weren't allowed to go to Cuba mm. and blah, blah, blah. But he would go out of his way to find customers, friends, became friends, colleagues, bring them to his home, just like I did, brought Davide in, mm -hmm. into my home showed him around, showed people around, and there was a lot of similarities with the story. So when Davide was at the various heats and semi-finals and finals making this drink, he would tell the story and he would link it uh, to how Marshall invited him into his home and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We won Singapore, we won Southeast Asia, and then the global final was in Berlin. And I was like, I'm going with you, you know? And it was a big deal. I was like, wow, this is, this is, this is a big competition. And it was so professional. You know, kudos to Bacardi for, for, for doing this. And then in the middle of his competition, he telling the story about the marshal. And he was like, 
And Marshall was in the audience. I'm like, oh my God. It was like, <laughs> stand up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then we didn't win. We didn't win. Yeah. But Wait, hold on. You got, an, you got to Germany. Sorry, that's, sorry. Oh, that's no, exactly, a big win. Exactly. So it was really cool. And But in, in the last few months heading towards Berlin, yeah. when I'm on my travels in Vietnam or Doing Milan, automation, how go, fun does that yeah. look compared to? <laughs> well, yeah. No, it was fun. Automation was fun. But, you know, in the evening, I go to a bar and I'd carefully look at the back bar and see, yeah, you've got the ingredients for a Marshall. And it's like, uh, good evening, sir. How can I help you? Um, I really fancy a Marshall. And I'm like, what, what's a Marshall? <laughs> Oh, it's the Bacardi finalist for Singapore, you must know. And it's like, well, hey, well, you can look it up or maybe I'll come around and make it for you. Do you know? Yeah. Like, sure. Okay. And Davide taught me how to make it. Yes. And I don't look, I'm not a professional bartender, of course, but. You're yeah, professional in the martial at least. I could do, <laughs> do all right. Um, and I'd make the martial. And that's amazing. And then there might be other customers in the bar and they'd say, oh, would you make me one? And I might be behind the bar for an hour, two hours, making mm. the Marshall. And it's like, get someone to take pictures. And that's all part of the marketing for mm -hmm. the drink. So Davide would use those pictures. So wherever I went, I kind of became known. It's like, as Chris, the Marshall, Marshall yeah. you know? And so when I started in, into the industry for real, I had a head start. Mm. I had a head start because I used to go to a lot of these bars anyway. And in Singapore, uh, the, you know, the, there were a lot of cocktail bars and... You know, I, I can go in most bars in Singapore you and know it's who like, you are. yeah, <laughs> that's good and bad, but, but that's good and bad. But from a Southeast Asia perspective mm -hmm. as well, you know, and even in London, I could go in some bars in London. It's, oh, you're the Marshall guy, you know, or in oh, Sydney so where cool. my son lives. So it was really cool. So it was a waste not to use that, you know. So jumping into this new industry, I kind of felt that I had a lot of new friends I picked up some good experience, you know, from the F&B experience. And I did, I spent a lot of time doing homework on wh why would I set up a company when there's already companies already doing what I was thinking mm -hmm. of doing, which is the importation and distribution sales of really cool spirits in Singapore. So you mentioned Hendrix before. Um, I didn't want to be a, just another, you know, brand that everyone knows on the, on the you know, I want to help smaller brands, interesting brands, craft, artisanal stuff, because there's lots and lots of, of these brands that just don't make it into some of these countries. Mm -hmm. You know, so still a lot of my friends will say, oh, you're, you're in the alcohol business, can you get me some cheap, whatever, and I said, no, it's not my brand. And like, why would I promote that anyway? I've got <laughs> some really cool stuff, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, 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 it's really good from that perspective. And, and I think from my corporate world, I got a lot of skills. So don't just think, engineering skills, it's life skills. I was, I was in sales, I was in planning, I was, you know, people managing, I was Business hiring. development. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, the last years of my job, I was a director for distribution. Mm. So a lot of those things I'm doing now, you know, I'm definitely selling, you know, I'm selling every day. Um, distribution, you know, getting products in, into a country and then distributing, through Singapore and other Southeast Asia locations. Um, you know, it's really cool. So I'm just applying a lot of those basic skills, life skills, stuff mm -hmm. that you learn, but it's different products at the end of the day. Yeah. And yeah. I love, you know, like um, 
Steve Jobs said, you always connect the dots. You don't know. Maybe sometimes you're doing some stuff and, and then yeah. at, at the end or, you know, later on you look back and you're, you know, everything's connecting. Yeah. But, but now, you know, obviously the podcast called A Day With. So yeah. guide us a little bit of how is actually a day with you. Do you, could we just find you at any bar? Do you have to go to restaurants and bars all the time? Or, you are, or do you actually have, you know, a, a, a office and, and, you know, be like um, yeah. a nine to five? How does that work? No, it's a cool question. Uh, it's something about my job that I love now. Because, mm -hmm. you know, whereas I, it, you can say that my, my job in corporate world was a nine to five job and a Monday to Friday job. It wasn't really, wasn't. And I don't think there are many jobs like that now anyway. Yeah. So... I was in the office most days early until late or traveling. I was traveling very often on a Sunday, you know, to, to get where I'm going for a Monday morning. Now it's very different. Now uh, it's still seven days a week, you know, being a co-owner of a company, you know, a small company, we have to be there for our customers. So it's pretty much a seven day job, you know. Your sales time is very much a sales job for me is, is during the week. If I have to work at the weekends, it may be events that we're running or activations, you know, something behind a bar or it's deliveries. We deliver seven days a week as a differentiator for us. Um, but typically my, my normal day is I get up early because my wife gets up early. <laughs> I don't really need to do anything else. The bar world, if we're talking just bars, we sell to restaurants and hotels, so that's a little bit different. But typically if you're selling to a cocktail bar, there's no one in the bar till 12, 1, 2 o'clock, mm -hmm. you know, that for an evening opening. But that time is my golden sales time in the afternoon when they're not open, but they're in the bar, they're preparing. They're, they're working on menus, they're infusing, they're doing all sorts of beautiful things, working on the garnishes, doing, doing all sorts of good. So that, that's my sales time. Um, it's not quite walk in and, you know, cold call although you can do that. I've set appointments. So, you know, yeah, I'm going to pop in at three o'clock. This afternoon, I'm doing a, a tasting. Mm -hmm. So that means I, I have um, bottles with me, brands that I represent, and I'm sitting down in between lunch of this restaurant bar and the, the evening peak period to sit down with the bartender and some of his team to explain some of the brands that I've got talking through the brand stories, because stories sell, and we can, we can talk about some of those, <laughs> but then giving them ideas and inspiration and learning off each other of how you could use it. Right. You know? And, and I guess it's a lot of relationship building too, because totally. maybe you can explain to me a little bit more on the industry, but I would imagine, I mean, there's a lot of good alcohol out there, right? Yep. So obviously you're marketing your own brands yep. and you want them to use it, but even if it's a good tequila good spirit what makes them have your drink versus yep. another guy that's maybe offering a better price at the end of the day as yep. a consumer myself if i go to a bar and, and i'm not into the cocktail war and i'll just say you know i want a tequila sunrise do i know which tequila they're putting on no yeah. so maybe yeah. you know those bars also have a pnl and you know how does that work in terms of yeah. you getting positioning your own i mean brands? that's another great question because th there are some core brands that pretty much every bar will have, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they're well-known brands. They've been around a long time. You know, you, no one's surprised to see these, these brands on the back bar. And there's not a lot of, um, they're very cheap for, for a bar. If you, if you look at trade pricing, they're, they're, they're very cost-effective for a bar to use, but they're not so special, mm. you know? So where, where we 
add some uh, some flavor in the real sense of the word. When, when we come in, we've got something exciting, something new, something that, yeah, it's going to taste different. Yes, it's going to cost more, but okay, you're your premium cocktail bar, you charge a little bit more for it or, or whatever, you know. There are different ways. It's not just a financial sell. Mm. Um, it's relationships as well. We're, we're, uh, tonight, for instance, we have a, a great event use, using our tequila, Codigo Tequila. It's a, it's a ladies' night event at a, a great new bar in town. We'll be there. We'll be supporting that bar. We'll bring some friends. We'll, we'll help to have a, a really good, fun atmosphere in the whole bar. But we're not the cheapest tequila. But we feel we're the best tequila. We've got the best actual tequila. It tastes good. It's got a, a fantastic story. It's healthy. There's no additives. There's no coloring, yeah. which, you know, <laughs> is very, very different. But we're also there just, just to help the bar. So that's part of that relationship. You know, we're, we'll, we'll help them with menu ideas. We'll help with last minute deliveries. We're, we're flexible. We do lots of good stuff. And some of the, um, you know, just from, from a business perspective, some of the, the larger brands are not like that. They can't do that. It's a little bit David and Goliath, but and we feel that customers are looking for something interesting as well. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're in a cocktail boom right now. You know, it, it's the perfect time to start a business or in the spirits industry. It's absolutely a, a, a amazing. And, and particularly here in Singapore, a lot of people don't realize that Singapore is arguably cocktail capital of the world. Singapore is a tiny little place, right? But this is compared to New York, to so, London. So uh, you you pick you pick the top two. Then. Okay, <laughs> I have so, no idea. No, you 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 hit the, the nail on the head. Um, we kind of measure that through not just the number of bars, but the quality of bars. There, there are a number of competitions that recognize bar achievements, mm. and, and perhaps one, one of the, the biggest one is the, the Perrier World 50 Best or the Asia 50 Best. If you look at Perrier World's 50 Best, London, New York, and Singapore are pretty even in terms of the number of bars in the top 50. Singapore is tiny. I know. So, so it, but you know, and, and I've been to some of those great bars in New York and certainly in London and, and Singapore, and Singapore competes with those guys. It's amazing. So, you know, it's a great place to start a spirits company mm. because I, I remember when I was doing my market research, you know, in between, in between roles, I sat down. Uh, another example of it is a friendly, um, friendly uh, industry. I would sit down with, with the guys that I respected most who are now competitors in the cold sense of the word, but we all add value and we all do our own different things. But I remember sitting down with, with one of the, the, the big uh, companies. He said, Chris, there's definitely room because you have to think that we turn away eight brands a month. You know, So that's exciting new companies with great products that want to come into Singapore, that come to us, yeah. and we have to say no. And I'm like, why do you have to say no? And there's many reasons, and, and now, now I know. You know, it, it may conflict with some of your other brands. So this is a new rum company, but I've already got some great rums. I, I can't say y yes. Or it's a cash thing, you know? Every company that you bring in, you have to invest with stock, and it's a long time before you get your money back, or, or for whatever reason. And so I'm thinking, okay, that's one company, eight, eight brands a month, you know, that you're turning away. There has to be room for some of those for me to pick up. And three and a half years later, 
Some weeks we turn away eight brands. People want to come into Singapore because it's a flagship, you know, world-leading cocktail uh, location. And business too, you know. Often you're like after work hours, you just grab a drink. And, and you know, obviously in Asia, it's either Hong Kong or Singapore. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. But I, I just, I, that was one of the triggers for me to really understand that, yes, there's, there's, there's room to come into Singapore. This is, this is, this is going to be really cool. And it's exciting for me. And, and you know, we, I'd, in my engineering role, some weekends, I'd helped out a brand, Black Cow Vodka, amazing vodka. Vodka made from milk, you know? I mean, that, that's just crazy. That's crazy. Um, we have it in the bar here. Here's a bottle, Black Cow Vodka. Oh, wow. This is amazing. So it's another good example of craft spirits and why you would mm -hmm. use... Pure milk, it says on the bottle. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it's, it's designed like a milk bottle. You know, in the UK... Um, certainly, in historically, you had milk with different color tops. And a silver top is normal milk. Um, a red top, if I remember, was semi-skimmed milk. And gold is full fat milk. Okay. And so this has got a gold top. You like know? the pure, real, you yeah. know. Yeah. All right, let's get into spirits in just a second. Before we get into that, tell yep. me one challenge, you know, because I love to hear, I mean, it, this all is sounding amazing, makes me want to open a <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> spirits company. Okay. Um, especially you're saying, you know, how the market it is in Singapore, but yep. I'm sure not everything is um, amazing. And, sure. and there must be some challenges there. What's something that, you know, you had maybe... Everyone has expectations and there, there's reality, right? Yeah. Um, uh, what's the, the one challenge that you, or something that you actually have to do and it's not, you know, your favorite thing to do in the business, but you actually have to at the end of the day? Um, well, I think I've got a good example. Um, I, I remember some advice that someone gave me when, when I finally set up the company. And it was like, Chris, you, you, you're known, very well known in a lot of the bars here in Singapore and beyond, and you know, you're, you're, you're well liked, which is nice and, and respected, but don't believe that people are gonna start buying your products just because it's you and you set up a new company. And I kind of listened to that, but I'm not sure I really took it on board fully. You know, I mean, there are some bars that I would go to very regularly and spend a lot of money on a regular basis, multiple times a week, and they were some of the last bars to buy from me. And then I, I obviously it, it took a while to sink in and it may sound common sense to everyone, but uh, you know, it, although I'm saying it's a very friendly industry and everyone works together and talks to each other, helps each other, it's still a business at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. you know, it's still very much a business. And you have some big, big companies you know, that I can't say I fight against because they're in a totally different league to me. You know, they're, they're mass volume, they're multinational companies and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, they're, they're very astute. Uh, they have uh, a lot of presence, a lot of people, a lot of marketing power, a lot of purchasing power, influence. And sometimes it's very hard for a bar not to use those products. Mm -hmm. And then a small guy comes in, <laughs> hopefully with a smiley face and says, oh, you should buy this, it's brilliant. You know, it's like... It's going to take a while, yes, you know, even yes. though they're your best friends. And so you do have to keep your feet on the ground. At the end of the day, it's a business and it's not all fun. It's not just going to bars and, and having fun and talking to people. And maybe even like longer days because then you're doing the yeah. admin in the morning and you need yeah. to, I bet, just stay up and, and go and visit yeah. this place, right? Yeah, so going back, we never really answered that, that properly. You know? So I have my golden sales time, which is the afternoon. But one, once the bar is open, 
you can't sell they're busy yeah but what you can do is be there and be present you know and pre-covid it was a little bit different because you can mingle a little mm. bit more you mm. know but I still get a great kick and, and, and this, is, this is what I was doing you know, in my previous role, just sitting at a bar, just sitting at a bar, looking at bottles, asking questions, talking to the bartender, mm -hmm. you know, but also talking to people left and right of you. you know. And, I'd like, and, and now, now I've got great brands. I drink my brands all the time in many, many bars in Singapore. We've been, we're really lucky that some great bars support us and like our products. But there's still, like if I sat there with a, with a Black Cow or a Codigo tequila, I still get people left and right of me saying, what are you drinking? You know, or I'd ask them, what are you drinking? Oh, you should try it with Codigo tequila. It's so different, you yeah. know? And that, so, so I still have to work in the evenings. I call it work. My wife doesn't necessarily call it work. <laughs> but it is, you have to be there. If you're not there, then there's a chance you'll get forgotten or mm. your competitors are there. And it, it's still a sales job. You know, um, in Singapore now we have a 10.30 bars <laughs> i love that <laughs> it means that i'm home at a decent time yes you know but i love that you say about it sounds a fun like a fun industry it is and it is um especially you know for someone that likes cocktails and likes drinking as not to get drunk but as yep. to enjoy you know yep. the flavors yep. it does sound a lot of fun but it's actually a sales job you are your brand you need to be out there otherwise you know someone else will be so that's, Absolutely. that's a good point and you have to keep thinking of ideas activations events we call them activations i wasn't perhaps didn't use that word in my previous life but um you know, if you have a guest bartender representing your brand and you, you have a menu of drinks that's just yours or, you know, you can do tasting sessions. We've done lots during the COVID time, you know, remote Zoom yeah. sessions, sending cocktails uh, to people's house or cocktail kits. And a lot of educating. Yeah, too, yes. educating. It's really good. And people are really excited. You know, we did, uh, we, we often do a tequila class, for instance, educating people on what tequila is. Yes, I love this. Let's talk about tequila. So okay. tequila, you have uh, a brand mm -hmm. called Go. Yep. I want you to share with everyone listening just how sure. you got into knowing this brand and and tequila, sure. first of all, because every time, you know, someone talks about tequila, it's like, oh my God, those fun nights I had when I, you know, in my teenage years. I, so... So yeah. my, my company, uh, our company, we have gin, whiskey, rum, yeah. all sorts of spirits. There's not many um, spirits categories that we don't cover. Tequila is the one I have most fun uh -huh. selling, talking about. It's amazing. And I was one of these people that hated tequila. And I remember um, very early when we started the company, we were doing, um, it was actually a Marshall, going back to Marshall cocktail. There was a bar on Kyongsek that no longer exists. Um, we, we were doing an event there. It was really cool. And two people sat at the bar and they were listening to, to my story about the Marshall. And we had Black Cow vodka. That was our first um, brand that we had. Mm -hmm. And they said, it's really interesting. We are, we, we're just getting into the tequila business. We have a brand. We'd love you to represent us or let's think about you representing us. I said, well, I hate, I hate to be rude, but I'm going to be very blunt and saying no straight away. And Why? I'm like, what? <laughs> I could see them thinking, we're giving this yes. guy a business opportunity and he's just going to say no. Is that because it was tequila especially? Or I hated tequila. <laughs> I, and I explained, I said, I'm sorry, guys. I, you know, I, I need to be 100% behind 
my brands. Mm. I, I like, how can I sell? I don't want to be false. You don't you know? at that point. You never really had like tequila as your spirit of choice. If you well, were, I'd only I'd had lots of tequila and I'd never ever enjoyed anything. And mm. and that's the type of customer I love selling to now because, I, you know, tequila is the fastest growing premium spirit in the world. It, it's amazing, but. I think it's a small segment of people that love tequila, know tequila, understand tequila, love it. But there's a huge group that, that just remember the trays of tequila shots with salt and lime. And oh, gosh. Uh, the yeah, that's the reaction. <laughs> Those are the worst. That's exactly <laughs> the reaction. You know, and typically you've been out all night and you're ready to go home, but then the tequila comes out and you wake up in the morning <laughs> and you think, why did I jingle that tequila? And it's like, it wasn't the tequila that actually did it, but... A bad tequila is a lot on the market. Really doesn't is not helping the market. All right, so you said no to them said no. right away. Yeah, and then and then these guys, Justin and Allison, who are actually part of the Codigo family, um, and they live here in Singapore, said, "Would you be open to do a tasting?" And I'm like, "Sure." And so um, we set up a tasting, and it blew my mind. I was like, "Wow." And I remember some of the bartenders in Singapore also, because I, I, I used to drink, and still do, I love rum. I drink a lot of rum. Is that your favorite spirit? Yeah, it's probably okay. my base spirit. And, and, and then uh, some of these guys say, Chris, why are you always drinking rum? We should try something different. Try some tequila. We've got some amazing tequilas. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> no way. Now I get it. I get what they're trying to tell me. And, and having a premium tequila like Codigo and we've just got five of their expressions here most people just think there's a there's a Blanco yeah. or America call it a silver um, but Codigo 1530 is amazing okay talk to me about like Codigo and and tequila so we know yeah. tequila comes from agave tequila comes uh, correct most people <laughs> say it's from a cactus oh, it's okay. not from a cactus it's no, from I mean, an I agave plant <laughs> yeah so uh, you know agave plant Codigo is a premium brand it's only four or five years old as a brand um, it, it, it was set up by a gentleman called Ron Schneider. Um, and Ron probably isn't famous like a lot of the celebrity guys who, who are doing some tequilas. Some Kendall Jenner just had her own tequila. I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. So Ron isn't a public personality like that, but he was, from a business perspective, it's interesting. He was the guy that founded Croc Shoe Wear. Mm. You know, the, the funky, yeah. I'm being polite, shoe, <laughs> shoe wear that, that a lot of people wear. He started Crocs and he, he developed Crocs, built it into what the phenomenal global brand right. it is today, and then retired. I think this is his second retirement. Um, and he went to live in Mexico and he's playing golf and he'd go back to uh, his friend's house. And a lot of Mexicans make their own tequila. They buy agave and uh, it's a prevalent crop and they make their own tequila. And mm -hmm. it's not a marketable thing, they just drink it. Um, and, and so, you know, it was for parties, personal consumptions, birthdays, weddings, blah, blah, blah. And Ron, you know, is a seasoned business guy, successful yes. business guy, said, you should sell this stuff. And they're like, no, 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 no. In the end, he convinced them, mm -hmm. and we have Codigo. What's the name, like, what does, the, I mean, in Spanish, Codigo, it's a code. Yeah. If I said in, like, Codigo, yeah. right? What's the n so story behind the name? Co Codigo is in recognition in, in Spanish of uh, codes, conduct, uh, if you're, if you're uh, a, a Filipino speaking Tagalog, you recognize it as a cheat sheet, mm -hmm. you know, for exams, you know, have you got your codigo, you know, <laughs> oh, as you go in. Okay, yeah. And it's kind of a play on that in reflection, on reflection of the fact that Codigo 1530 is a tequila that follows the rules. It follows the codes of conduct. 
There's no additives, no coloring. You see different colors here, but that's from the natural aging process. Mm -hmm. Some tequilas will add flavoring, where they'll add sugar, they'll add color, and Codigo doesn't. And I love that because we see a lot of tequila that maybe people buy and, and we never read the small letter, right? Yeah. So let's start with, you know, the definition of tequila, you know, uh, obviously I think you can only name something that's tequila if it's made in Mexico, Absolutely. Right? Th there's actually lots of rules. You think of tequila as a, a rough and ready spirit. Yeah. You know, because of the shot glass, salt and, and citrus kind of story and, you know, a little bit cowboy you know but it's one of the most regulated spirits in the world there's a regulatory body uh, body called the crt they govern tequila so think of um, some cheeses or champagne you know it's like you have to use a, a certain methodology certain ingredients certain geography exactly mm -hmm. the same with tequila so not only does it have to come from mexico it has to come from certain areas of mexico so you can't just make a tequila in any given area. I think there are five areas, uh, someone will correct me, but you know, the big area where most of the tequila comes from is an area called Jalisco, uh, spelt with a J, Jalisco. And you have, to, you have to be in one of these designated areas, but you also have to be 100% Blue Weber Agave. So that's, that's a species, um, species yeah, of, of agave. Mm -hmm. Uh, so agave, you know, is a, it looks like a pineapple, big leaves coming out the top. Um, perhaps people confuse that bit with cactus, but it's kind of no, more like... they're huge, right? They're huge. They're they're a they're lot they're bigger. Actually, some of them are like well, it's 50 to 80 kilograms per agave. Yeah, well. You know, yeah, that's big. That's big. And they take a long time to grow. Um, the ones that Codigo use are between six and eight years. That's, so think of a whiskey. You grow, uh, you know, a barley, and barley grows every year. Yeah. So it's a cash crop, you know, agave isn't. It takes six to eight years, you know, it's amazing. And then some of them, this one is aged for six years. So, you know, it's 12 years before you can sell the product. And then you were saying that this one, not only because of the rules, it's also 100% yeah. tequila. So, so the, the categories of tequila, 100% um, agave is, is what we have here. So that's the premium type of tequila. Mm -hmm. 99 times out of 100, when you see a tray of tequila coming out, it's cheap tequila. <laughs> it's cheap tequila. And that's what the salt and lime's for. Salt and lime is they the high taste. taste. How yeah. <laughs> so some people say, you know, when, when we serve this as, as shots rather than cocktails, you know, where's the salt? Where's the lime? Perfect. Because then it's the opportunity for you to say to people, you don't need salt and lime with this. So know? that's a creation. I mean, maybe marketing or commercially, we, we said, oh, tequila goes with salt and lime. But well, if it's actually good tequila, you can't drink are it stories. on the rock. There are stories. Yeah, there are, absolutely. But there are stories, you know. I, I think a lot of it is, to, is, is actually to hide the taste and the flavor, mm -hmm. you know. But there are other stories about Spanish influenza, um, which was a long, long time ago, yeah. which is kind of, COVID one, you know, <laughs> rather than, than the 19. cure was tequila yeah. with salt on <laughs> Yeah, doctors would prescribe a strong oh, wow. spirit, tequila, and you need some salt, you know, to get your body ready, yeah. and you need some citrus, maybe for vitamin C, and like you do that. <laughs> Most of it is because it's just bad tequila, and you need something to hide it. So I mean, Codigo is amazing. I, it's just lovely. It's a great example of how I can differentiate into a market. Mm -hmm. 
because not only does it taste great, it tastes amazing. It comes in lots of different styles, and we can talk about that. You know, no one else has a rosé tequila, for instance. So, you know? so there's five here. We've got. Yep. I wasn't really familiar with all the you know kinds of tequila. Yep. So guide us through what's a tequila blanco, uh, yep. reposado. Then there's like rosa. I don't know if if that's a type of tequila, but you're saying that this is only for you guys. But then you have yep. reposado, añejo, and Extra and yeah. Extra and yeah. Yeah. So again, the the CRT, the governing body of tequila, lays down these these laws, these definitions, uh, where you can make it, what you can call it, the different the structures. Mm -hmm. So most tequila manufacturers will have a blanco. You know, it, it's like the signature style, and for many, it's the favorite style. If you if you think of a, a margarita, uh, one of the, the the famous tequila cocktails, um, typically it would be with a blanco. You know, so it's a clear spirit like a gin or a typical vodka because it's never hit a wooden barrel so even a whiskey when a whiskey comes off the still when it's new it looks like this you know and people are amazed by that and then it goes into wooden barrels typically an oak barrel and over the years maybe 12 years for for a scottish whiskey it becomes brown yeah but it's white when it goes into the barrel you know and and so Codigo Blanco, or just straight out of straight. agave. It's this the pure, pure form. Yeah. If you taste this, you know you're gonna taste what agave tastes like. And this is a hundred percent blue Weber agave. There's no sugar added. Clearly, no 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 coloring, no flavoring, and it's a beautiful product. How many calories um, would not come? Not many. I wish I could remember the number. It's not many. It's uh, tequila. Wait, I, I should know the answer. But no, it, but it's around like. Because I know this is me being a, a woman. <laughs> I would like tequila um, and whiskey are the best ones to have if you don't want to have like a very you know heavy in calories type of uh, yeah. like around sixty calories. I would just guess. Okay, that that sounds good. Sixty calories. So a lot of people, and me included, actually, if I'm doing my bar visits yeah. at night, you know, and you don't want too much sugar, because a lot of calories actually comes from the the uh, the, the the additions to yeah. uh, to. Uh, so if you have a gin and tonic. You know, most of the calories are in the tonic, not the gin. Nothing. And if you have a cocktail, then there's lots of other sugars added and juices and stuff. So they're not horrific in terms of calories. But if you're, if you're really looking at calorie count, you know, neat or with soda, that's a highball, mm -hmm. is amazing. You know, I often drink a, a bit more flavor with the, with the rosa. We'll talk about that. But just fill a glass with ice, a nice healthy shot of, uh, of Codigo, yeah. and then fill it with soda. You know, Perrier is a great one. Perrier is my favorite, actually, for uh, for making uh, soda water drinks because Perrier has no flavor. So when when uh, when when I heard that, I'm thinking, well, what's the benefit of that? Yeah. And and actually, the benefit is it's natural, it's zero calories in a Perrier. It, it doesn't have any sodiums or salts like some soda waters would have. You get that taste. Perrier just hydrates. And then it keeps you, you know, the true flavors of... So if you mix it with a high-quality spirit, you're going to taste that high-quality spirit. All right. And actually emphasize, you know, enhance that, that spirit. So that's really cool. Rosa is amazing. We, 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 we love Rosa. It's, a, it's very popular and a big seller. I love how this looks. I've never seen a tequila that's rose and like uh, hmm. pink, you yeah. know. And and yeah. I love rosé as a wine. So how do you yeah. guys make this this tequila look? We said that you know, magic pink. word there, wine. 
So uh, Codigo have access to some of the, the best uh, barrels coming from the best vineyards in the world. They're typically Napa Valley, um, California uh, um, wines, and they get the barrels that used to have Cabernet Sauvignon red wine, and that's what you're going to put the Blanco in. So literally, if you turn that barrel upside down, the empty barrel that's had the wine in it, okay. nothing's going to come out because all the wine is absorbed into the wood. But then we put Blanco in it, and just over four weeks, that's all it takes, four weeks, you then empty the barrel, and this is exactly what you see. So, you know, nothing changed from that. And all that red wine that's in the pores of the wood, just like the pores in our skin, you know, uh, during the four weeks, as the barrel expands and contracts with the different temperatures of the day, you know, those pores open, and the, the, the Blanco tequila goes into the pores, out of the pores, into the pores, out of the pores. And gradually, four weeks later, it looks pink. And we dropped the alcohol on this one down to 35 ABV. These are actually 40 ABV. But uh, this one is 35, which is the lowest legally you can, you can make and call it tequila. Um, it's just easier to drink. And you get a little bit of the, the tannin from the wine. Adds an interesting element to, to the Blanco. I have a question. I mean, maybe just because I'm not very familiar into the, the um, alcohol industry. So sure. when you do tequila, it comes out to be 100% alcohol and then you can take it down? Or what do you mean when you say No, all, all different alcohols come off the, the, the still uh, um, for the distillation process at, at different um, degrees. Mm -hmm. It's never 100%. You know, like uh, uh, in the, the mid-70s, typically, you know, maybe creeping up to 80 for, for some, like a whiskey, yeah. um, because of the chemical process. Agave, um, actually, when it comes off the steel, it's lower. Um, I, I forget typically what it is, but it, it's, it's lower than 70s, um, 60 or so. Um, and then Which you, you will not drink oh, something. It, it can be tough, yeah. And we have some whiskeys that are up in the 60s. Oh, and like, okay. Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's good, oh. but it's not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. So you but take it down. Is how do you just add water? You just add water. Okay, seriously, just to lower dilute the it down. <laughs> Codigo comes off the still at a very much lower alcoholic. They control the process, and and that's a benefit because it means you add less water. Even though the water is a key element to any spirit. Yeah. You know, it's why they say the best Guinness is in Dublin because it's like Dublin water. But it's, I'm not sure that's absolutely <laughs> true. But it just tells you the story. Water is very important. We add less water to Codigo because it comes off the still at a, a lower percentage. But it's still too strong to drink. So you mm -hmm. have to add some water. Um, All right. So we've got Blanco. Rosa, you said after four weeks, you can yep. get this color, which, you know, makes it look very yep. like friendly like a, a yeah it's a beautiful wine. you make some awesome cocktails with that so it's lovely drinking on its own or you can make some really nice cocktails highballs uh we do do some 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 brilliant uh even you can do margaritas and palomas and all sorts of stuff but um a sour will be really nice make it kind of red and white you know so yeah. you've got a white foam and stuff but you know going on to the reposado and yeho and orihen what we do is the barrel that this came out of yeah. which used to have the red wine you empty it out, and then you're going to char, burn the inside of the barrel. You literally take some charcoal, put it in the barrel, and kind of clean the barrel. So all that wine's now gone. And then we'll put Blanco again in the barrel, and we'll leave it for six months, and we get Reposado. Or we leave it for 18 months, and we get Añejo. Or we leave it for six years, and we get this. So there's no difference in these apart from time. 
Six years. This looks like the whiskey then. Like, you know, I've yeah. never... And that's a great challenge. I, I meet many people when I'm, when I'm doing events or talking to yeah. consumers. So, oh, no, I hate tequila. So what do you drink? Oh, I drink whiskey or dark rum. It's like, oh, try this. And I, I've been to dinners before where I've given people this, not telling them what it is. And it's like, oh, that's an amazing rum. Or what is that a whiskey? <laughs> it's, a, it's a tequila. And they're like, what? You know, so yeah, there's, there's a spirit here for everyone. That's why I really love this range. It tastes fantastic. It's got a beautiful story. Um, but it's so versatile. You know, these are, when we look at the clock during the day, these are like up until two or three in the afternoon, and then you can go with these in the evening. So there's something for everyone. The darker ones. <laughs> uh, it's six year a lot in the spirits world yeah. to, to save a tequila on to, the bar. For tequila. So the category for extra añejo, I believe, uh, is defined as anything that's three years and above. Mm -hmm. Three years is quite exceptional. To have a six-year-old is, is really exceptional. You know, so we have this on the market, and they're like, six? Do you really mean six? I was like, yeah. And then you get the other side, because that's people that know tequila, because most uh, extra añejos are three years, that sort of age. So to have a six is amazing. But then you talk to a whiskey guy, and they say, six? That's nothing. That's nothing for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. used to, you know, 12 yeah, and above. Nothing. Yeah. But actually, we think because of the, the environment and, and how it's aged, you know, the, the swings or mm -hmm. extremes of temperature, you know, tequila is kind of recognized as being three or four times a multiplier of an age of a whiskey. So, so you could say, you know, a six-year-old is at least an 18-year-old whiskey or maybe even a 24-year-old whiskey. Yeah. You know, so that's very different. And that's just an education for people. Chris, so we love these. You made me discover now my favorite cocktail. Paloma. Paloma, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I've never really tried that before. Okay. How do you make a Paloma? Paloma is dead easy. But, but actually what, what I, I, I want to share with people is like, and we have fun with this. We talk to people about tequila. You know, everyone knows drinking shots. Mm -hmm. And they say, what's the most famous uh, Mexican tequila cocktail? And it's like, well, margarita. Yeah. So, well, probably is the most famous, but it's not Mexican. No one in Mexico drinks a, a, a margarita. Not a thing That's <laughs> an American invention, you know, fairly recent as well. It's an amazing drink. I love yeah, it. I drink yeah. a lot of them. You know, super, super. I love super, the uh, yeah. blueberry margar uh, margarita. That's, wow. That's okay. My, That's my a good favorite. one to try. <laughs> yeah. I, I like a, a chili one myself. Here at IBHQ, we do an amazing, called Adults Only. Oh, That's ooh. one of the cocktails. <laughs> That's a chili uh, Codigo margarita. It's amazing. But Paloma would be more of like the Mexican cocktail. It's, yeah. So Paloma is amazing. It's so easy to make. So, you know, if you're at home, you know, get, a, get a tall glass, not dissimilar to this, but taller one yeah. would be better. Fill it with ice. A nice shot of tequila, Codigo is recommended. A <laughs> um, little bit of lime juice and some grapefruit juice and then top it up with soda water. It's, ama it's, so, it's easy. so easy. It's refreshing. And, amazing, yeah. and if you're making them at home, you can adjust, you know, play around with different grapefruit juices and get sweet, not sweet, a little bit sweeter. Um, and play around with the, the citrus element, you yes. know. I like it nice and sour and sharp and like mm -hmm. really cool. But everyone's different. And that's why it's fun trying these things at home. Yes. It really is. Thank you. Well, I mean, that uh, that cocktail, the day we tried it, it uh, you Good. know, for me, it was like my favorite, you know, now straight <laughs> onwards. That's what I'm asking at any bar. Good job. Paloma. It's an amazing yeah. drink. Love Cody Go. It looks really premium. Looks, And I feel like also, like you were saying, the market is changing. This, you know, to me now, going to a bar or a restaurant, the story of asking just a 
you know, give me a, a drink versus, yeah. oh, do you, can yeah. you make me this cocktail with Codigo or with, you know, knowing your brands? Absolutely. I think that just, it's cool, you know. It, it is nice. And, 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 and if you're interested, anything like me, you're interested about learning these things, you yeah. know. And the market is changing, definitely. You know, same thing when you go food shopping. You have brands that you like to, to make your recipes for, 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 for dinner as just the same as making a, a cocktail. You're using your favorite recipes. You know, so, so my job is to go around bars, restaurants, hotels, not so much nightclubs now, mm. and it'll come back soon, and, and educate people, you know, back to your earlier question, why use this brand and not that brand? Um, and so we're finding consumers at home now. You know, we sell at home. Go on distilled.fun, F-U-N, and you can buy this stuff for, for home use. You know, after COVID, I bet, you know, a lot of people are doing this at home now. You betcha. Yeah. You betcha. <laughs> Is that now part of, yeah. you know, your larger part of customers? Yeah, absolutely. It was a small part of our business, you know, 12, 18 months ago. Um, now it, it's a very healthy part of our business. Yeah. You know, so all the brands that we have, uh, you know, on, on our website, distilled.fun, that we actually have really good commercial channels now. Um, if I can name them, you know, Lazada, Fairprice, Amazon, Amazon Prime, you know, as well as our own website, distilled.fun. And, and I think yeah, that amounts to a nice, healthy percentage of our business now. People at home, they, they want to emulate as much as they can what they see in the bars around town. And not everyone can make a perfect martini or a, a fancy cocktail you get at IBHQ, but, you know, and some can. But a, a Paloma, anyone can make, you know. Or it's fun to try it. Yeah, I feel like I think you so gather too. some friends at home yeah. and do a cocktail night after yeah. COVID. I think that maybe people, you know, everyone got into, you know, experiencing new well, things. Well, most people I know now did at least one, if not many, Zoom cocktail <laughs> masterclasses, you know, something to do over the last 12 months. And so cool. but it's good fun to try. And if you mess it up, so what? <laughs> but a nice tequila drink at the end of the day. It may not be perfect, but hey, you had fun doing it. Some cocktail <laughs> masterclasses, you know, something to do over the last 12 months. And so cool. but it's good fun to try. And if you mess it up, so what? <laughs> but a nice tequila drink at the end of the day. It may not be perfect, but hey, you had fun doing it. Black How. Vodka I love is the, the logo, most basic spirit. Basic, yeah. But vodka is absolutely the most basic spirit. In fact, um, Technically, a gin is a flavored vodka, mm -hmm. you know, because it's really just a, it's a base spirit. But people have been drinking vodka for a long, long time. Yeah. But um, it, it's gone through different peaks of being fashionable, not, not fashionable. Black Cow is amazing. I just love this. And it is, it, it's a cool brand. So we have fun with this. So you can make alcohol from anything that's got sugar in it, you know, and it's uh, adding yeast um, to, to the, the acts on these sugars and ferments and the chemical process turns these sugars into alcohol. So typically a vodka, people would think maybe potatoes, you know, potato vodka. That's because it was an abundant crop in, in, in those areas. And, and what can we do with these potatoes um, <laughs> or grains? In this case, black cow is a dairy in the UK that make cheese. So cheese is made from milk. That's where the black cow comes from. You've got this amazing milk. And in the process, milk separates into curds and whey. Mm -hmm. And curds becomes the solid part that makes your cheese. And the whey gets thrown away. So literally, and it's like, we have many jokes on this. No way. <laughs> yes, whey. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. You know? And so the whey has got lots of, uh, lots of uh, uh, beautiful sugars, proteins, all mm -hmm. sorts in there. 
And, and the Black Cow team is like a, the, the family. When the next generation came into business and mum and dad are showing them the business, they say, literally, it's money down the drain. You've got to be like, able to do something with that. And they did their research. And, and a lot of, um, say, bodybuilding, like whey proteins and stuff, he's using that excess milk uh, or, or the whey. These guys didn't want to do protein powders. They wanted to do alcohol. And so they played around and they read that, you know, you add yeast, you know, to, to sugars and it ferments. And so they set up their process and nothing happened. Mm. And they're like, what? We don't understand this. And they discovered that they were using the wrong yeast. So a little bit technical, but, you know, most uh, sugars, say from a potato or a grain to make a vodka, is fructose and the different yeasts would act on the fructose and chemical process would start. Mm -hmm. This is lactose, so it's not fructose. So they had to find different yeasts that would act on the lactose and turn those into sugar. And as soon as I say lactose, people say, oh, I can't have that because I'm lactose intolerant. Mm -hmm. In the distillation process, all those allergens are gone. You know, so anyone can have this. Actually, it's gluten-free, lactose-free, it's certified on, on the back of the bottle. So literally, you take that milk, you make the cheese from the curds, you, you add yeast to the whey, you let it ferment, you distill it, you filter it, you dilute it back down, because this will be a high 70s, we were talking before, you, back, you bring it down to 40%, and it's amazing. It, so this will, if you tasted this to some other vodkas, there'd be a difference, a real difference. This is, this is really ultra smooth. It's 40%? 40%, mm -hmm. but... This is where I do. Did I say smooth? I didn't mean smooth. It's cow's milk. It's smooth. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> and we haven't had any alcohol at this point. <laughs> so it is ultra. And it, it's a fun brand. Not only is it smooth, <laughs> you can make moo teenies. Uh, oh you can my make gosh. Moscow mules. Um, Cosmopolitans. You I know, love this. It's Wait, vodka made from milk, yeah. never, um, you know, would have imagined. That so it, it, there's a lovely taste test. We can, we can do the taste test, but, yeah. you know, and this is really nice when the vodka's cold. So you can do this at home. Uh, it's really cool. Or if you, you, know, I, you can keep this in the freezer. Yeah. It won't freeze because of the, the high alcohol content. So keep it in the freezer. It's super cold. It's really nice. So you don't or use fridge uh, or whatever. ice? Yeah, I mean, you can way. use ice, but here in Singapore, unless you've got really, really good ice, that yeah. ice will melt really quickly mm. and you've got a diluted drink. So, you know, if you take it from the freezer, it's cold. You want it cold. It's nice. Well, that, that, that's a great tip, actually, from everyone out there, you know, especially in Singapore, yeah. living in, in a hot weather city. Like, you can put alcohol in your freezer, won't yeah. freeze, and then just directly, yeah. you know, to the glass. You're talking spirits. Yes, yeah, spirits. You wouldn't put yeah. a beer in the freezer. Right. It was going to you know, expand, <laughs> but... Yeah, and you can even make cocktails and put them in the freezer. You know, so I know plenty of people that make martinis. If, if they, they fancy a martini, you know, let's, let's make five martinis and, like, we'll put the rest in the freezer, you know. And then it's just super cold when it comes mm -hmm. out. It's not frozen because of the high alcohol content. Um, so it works really well. So, you know, at home, I, I keep a lot of my spirits in, in the freezer, and it's really nice. And so you've got a cold spirit, not a diluted spirit. If you're a fast drinker like me, add in a, a good ice. Um, preferably a cocktail ice is different to like a, a supermarket ice. You know, nine times out of ten, you know, I, I mean, most people will just get supermarket ice or make it in their freezer. The density of that ice will mean it, it, it melts quite quickly. So if you're going to sit back with a drink, particularly if you're outside, 
you know, it's gonna, you have to drink it fast, otherwise it's going to be diluted. That's so true. I've never thought about it, but when you go to bars and they put that, like that one big glass, it looks so crest. It's, you know, it's yeah. not like an ice you can do at home. Well, they, they've either invested in a really high quality ice making machine or they buy big blocks of ice mm -hmm. from specialist uh, uh, purveyors of ice, which is very dense ice, it's beautiful ice, cocktail ice, and they chop it up. You see some bars, you see them doing it. Um, others you can just buy the block already it's a little bit more expensive for the bar but it works fine but that will stay as ice in your glass for a lot longer you know it, it's, it's a big difference people are like come on it's ice you know but <laughs> it's a big deal it's a big part of your drink you know it's like what you were saying at the beginning it's such an art really? behind all of you know we're talking from really? the spirit to the yeah. way they do the cocktail to even the eyes there's a thought process there there are cocktail books you know this thick about ice just ice not even no recipes in there about cocktails or the <laughs> the, the history of the spirit it's just ice that, yeah. yeah it's really cool but cool. This, when, when you sorry you go ahead no just wondering what's your like favorite cocktail with uh vodka uh i love a moutini <laughs> espresso <laughs> moutini espresso moutini particularly you can drink an espresso moutini any time of day mm -hmm. it's super nice and you can play around with the you know uh, the moutini it's, it's typically uh coffee um some sweetener element it um, more or less depends how you, you drink your coffee normally you know a, a, a decent vodka the smoothness of this vodka really adds beautifully so if you think coffee and cream you're kind of in the right direction for this it, it, it's really nice i love a little bit of um amaro montenegro mm -hmm. i don't really know that yeah, it's, a, it's a herbal liqueur um it's super good just a splash of that adds a lot of depth and flavor to, to a, a, a moutini or espresso martini as it's properly <laughs> called but it's really cool but even this vodka if you drink it neat it's really nice this is this is quite unique because this one doesn't burn I've never found anyone where it burns. You get a, a Russian-style vodka will burn. You drink it and it like, whoa, gives you a, gives you a hit, and and that's that's okay. That, yeah, that's, that's the thing with I honestly don't like vodka that much, is because by far all of my experiences has been like, oh, just getting a shot of that burns. So. But but let's let's it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something that you don't like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, a, a lot of Russians wouldn't like this because it doesn't give them that burn. So, you know, we each other have a different, different likes and dislikes. But this one is super smooth. It really is. You know, and so I like to, to take it. When, when we do like tasting classes, um, we, we have this cold. You put it in your mouth. I ask people not to swallow. Move it all around your mouth. Yeah. And like from cold, it starts to warm up. You coat your cheeks, you coat your tongue, you breathe through your nose and you already get flavor. You get, you haven't swallowed it yet. Uh -huh. It's coated your tongue, you get flavor, you get texture. And then you swallow it and there's no burn. There is no burn. And, but then you open your mouth and, it's, and you see people's faces. It's like, oh, oh, it's alcohol. Because their air kind of mixes with alcohol and you get like a pleasant yeah. kind of tingle. Uh -huh. But then no burn. It's super, super good. So, you know, if you, if you buy some, try it. Doesn't work with every vodka, but black mm -hmm. does. Super Amazing, good. love that. Well. Um, I get, you know, many people out there with good, good tips and <laughs> good incentive to try some cocktails. Yeah. All right, Chris. So before we go into the last segment of the show, I have some quick questions for you. I'd love to hear what you think. 
Sure. I love where we are right now for people oh, that thanks. are just Good. listening. We'll upload some videos on our Instagram so they can feel, you know, okay. um, where we are too. They can see. So tell me a little bit about IBHQ, um, how this bar came around. And it's just such a cool place. I, oh, thanks we, thanks for, you know, opening the doors for me. I, here I love this place. I'm not normally in here at nine o'clock in the morning, but <laughs> it still feels good. Um, so Camille Fultan and, uh, you know, is, is an amazing bartender, a lot of knowledge, started yeah. his career up in, uh, in London bars or, or, or found himself in London bars and then came to Singapore. I became uh, kind of familiar and friendly with Camille just from attending his bars. You know, yes. that's just what I used to do, still do. And then Camille sat down with me one day and said, look, he's thinking it's time to open up his own bar. And would I be interested in working with him? Mm -hmm. and yeah, of course, there's a lot of thought. Um, but yeah, I jumped at the chance. Um, and and I was I was really happy to do it. You know, a number of things. Yeah, it's the next progression for me. It's kind of reinstating my love for the industry and how I've kind of moved from one life to another, if you can say that. But I have so much faith in Camille. Where, where Camille is different. Camille champions flavors. Um, Camille, I, I feel, is one of the best cocktail bars that I've ever been to, and I'm not just saying that. His drinks are amazing, and he, he kind of pushes the boundaries a little bit, but without being totally, totally off the chart, mm -hmm. you know? And one of his signature drinks that we've got here at uh, IBHQ is a fizz. A fizz is like, a, and typically with egg white, it's kind of a little bit of a frothy head, but this is a peach and wasabi fizz. So you think, wasabi? Maybe I've had peach in a drink before, wasabi in a drink? Yeah. The peach and wasabi fizz is amazing. I mean, it's it's extremely Instagrammable when you see it, but the taste and flavor and mouthfeel is just amazing. The wasabi is there, but it's not gonna not gonna hurt you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just very subtle. Do some drinks. Um, my favorite on the menu right now is called a Hong Long. It's a it's a rum based drink. We're back to rum, but it's using um, um, it, it's a tea. Um, uh, it's a very strong tea, Lapsan Souchong tea. Mm -hmm. So it's got a little bit of a smoky feel to it, uh, and it's, it's served with a really perfectly boiled uh, soft quail's egg on the top and like a little bit of nori seaweed. It's just, it's amazing. So that's the type of drink you can expect here. He changes his menu very, very often. It's, it's only, I think, 24 cedar right now because of COVID. Uh, but I love that. So we're sitting and, you know, first of all, we often just record this at the podcast studio where it's very right. quiet. I think people right. might be hearing some background noise, but that's right. the cool thing. You know, they've yeah. opened it's their working. doors here and yeah. and it just feels so like private. I feel like at a, a private bar. Cool. Um, it's, meant, it's meant to have that feel. I mean, you can come and just be yourself and, and sit, you know, or, or, you know with, with, with your, your companion or, or your friends, or you can sit at the bar have a great conversation with Camille and his team and look at, like I still do, and I was doing eight years ago, is asking those questions, you know, what's that and how does that work? And you know, what, what cocktail is that? And how does this go with that? And it's just an amazing place. We've got the added benefit. We're located on uh, Duxton Road, directly above Michelin star restaurant, JAG, J-A-G, you know, and, and we work very well together. So the bar snacks you get in IBHQ are Michelin-style bar snacks. Oh, wow. They're from the kitchen right downstairs. Yeah. It's super, super good, you know. So 
it's the best crop mesure that I've ever, ever had. You know, <laughs> it just blew my mind and the team were probably laughing over my shoulder because they, <laughs> they kind of know me as a crop mesure guy. That's really so sure. It was really cool, really Amazing. Cool. I, can't, I can't wait to come back, you know, on normal opening hours yeah. and, and try it out. Yeah. All right, so quick questions for you. Very, you know, first thing in your mind. Okay. What's the nicest thing someone has done uh, for you? Uh, yeah, so first thing that comes to mind, I think the Marshall cocktail is just amazing. It's like it's like a, a beautiful uh, kind of recognition and thank you, uh, and and it was a great great drink and it, it's kind of helped me in my industry. So I think that's gonna be right. And up what there. a cool story! Who has a, a cocktail out there under their it's name? It's called the competition's Bacardi Legacy, and yeah. so it's become my legacy. It really has, you know, and like not just for me, Chris Marshall, but. My family love yes. it. My son loves it. My son's got a drink named after his, it, yeah, it's his name as well as his dad's name, you know? So Amazing. That's pretty cool. That's um, cool. Do you think this profession has changed you in any way? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I said well, I'm applying a lot of my sort of corporate skills, but I, I think I've always been a very social person and kind of, and I think that's, that's quite, that, that's, that's the key help for me in the industry. Has it changed me? Um, I'm, I'm a happier person than I was before. So I think, you know, that, that I think because you don't realize which job for a long, long time. You know, I think it really was getting me down, mm-hmm. but it was very hard to leave. And now that's kind of released. And so I'm how I feel I should be. And I'm, yeah, I'm happy. So and yeah. It looks like you're enjoying it along the way, <laughs> which is an important thing. What's not to like? All right. What's one dark thing or what's the dark side you would say about this business that sounds so fun but one thing you would say okay you know so it seems like fun when you go out and go to bars having to do it every single night mm-hmm. you know or a lot of nights that can get tough that can get tough it's to build some resistance there. Yeah, yeah at the end of the day it's my business i can take a night off whenever i want to take a mm-hmm. night off and, and i do you know but yeah that people see you in the bars they think wow i want your job but it's a business job at the end of the day, you know? And, and like, I think what concerns me more than uh, anything else worries me, it, it's like, um, it's cash flow, mm-hmm. you know? So it's a very cash intensive business. We have to buy stock, ship stock. You know, you place your order, you don't receive that order if it's shipped from overseas for six weeks, and then you have to sell it. That might take, you know, a few more weeks or months, and then you have to get your money. You know, people don't, it's not like going to a supermarket where, you know, people give you money straight away. There's credit terms, you yeah. know, and so, you know, it, it's cash intensive. So, you know, but it's a business at the end of the day. It's not, it's not all just sitting in a bar and drinking. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I guess, you know, yeah, you go out at night, but it's the waking up next morning, you know, to not just stay in bed because you're tired from last night and doing that every single day. I'm so. kind of lucky. I'm quite, I'm quite good like that. <laughs> Great. Okay. Because I drink good spirits. <laughs> if you only drink good Wait, spirits. Yes, we never said about that, but that's a good big spirits, uh, yeah. spirits, they don't give you a hangover, you know, as much as other. Yeah, you said the right thing. I, I think, you know, I used to say it doesn't give you a hangover. That's not entirely true. But it definitely, you'll feel better, much better drinking good quality spirits because there's less additives. It's like a pure product. There's no, you know, nothing, nothing uh, else has happened to the drinks as pure as you're going to get. So you will definitely feel better. If you drink Codigo tequila all night, depends how much you drink, you'll definitely feel a lot, lot better than if you drink something less. Yeah, we, less we know, we know yeah. other brands out right. there, 100%. So, yeah. so if you're getting like 
you know, bad hangovers, just watch what you're drinking. Yeah, that absolutely. Might be the, the main. Yeah, obviously hydrate as much as you can. I think I think that's a good thing. You, if you're in the spirits industry, you you learn that you know, mixing is not necessarily a bad thing. Everyone says, oh, you shouldn't mix this, that, and the other. You know, don't mix your brown spirits, your white spirits, your red wines, your white wines. For me, that doesn't matter. If I'm drinking good stuff all night, doesn't matter how much you mix. But hydrate, 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 mm-hmm. hydrate as much as you possibly can. And I go to the gym four or five times a week. If I didn't do that, I'd <laughs> feel good. Great. Last question, Chris. If you, could, if you could have a cocktail with anyone in the world, oh. who would it be? It's got to be my wife. Oh, I love well, Of course it is. Of course it is. got to be my wife. She, we went to school together. Uh, so we met at 16 years old. And, you know, we're a lot older than that now. You know, we, and we've been through it all. And... She's the reason that I can do this now. So, you know, we often share cocktails together. She used to be a big brandy and baby sham girl, if you know what that is. But, <laughs> oh, my God. So it tastes a change. And now she's drinking martinis and, like, and loving it. So, Amazing. Yeah, well, I've heard that you have a, a bar uh, in your rooftop sure. at home. So sure. I feel like you're already, you know, doing that with your <laughs> wife, you know, every now and then. There you go. There you go. You'll have to come around. <laughs> Amazing, Chris. Well, that's all for today's episodes of A Day With. Thanks for for everyone for listening thanks to you chris for sitting with me today taking some time i loved learning about all of the spirits thanks to i ibhq yeah for opening the doors uh to me to come here um yeah remember to share with us your comments your thoughts on on this episode you can also follow us on instagram it's a day with dot podcast and subscribe so that you know you're notified whenever we have a new episode every tuesday Chris, hope to see you soon again. You certainly will. Thanks very much. I've loved every minute. All right. Bye. Bye.